Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. If you weren't here last week, you need to listen to Pastor Don's message last week. And it's such a great, it's an introduction to, to Solomon and wisdom. And, and uh, I love a couple of thoughts that he said. And he talked about Solomon is preparing us to live here. We're going to live in heaven. When, if you're born again, have you know, heaven's not a goal. Heaven is your home, right? You go in there. We, we, I'll see you there. I'll, I'll be there. I'm going. Cheap seats. Y'all listening? Can y'all hear me up there? Cheap seats. Thank you. I see one little girl up there going, yeah, we up here. <laughs> yeah, we're we going to be there. We're going there. That's not a goal. We're not trying to work out heaven. Are we going to get to heaven or not? But Solomon's going to write so that we can get, we, we know how to navigate earth, how to navigate life. And, and that's the, the, beauty, the beauty of it. And uh, I love Solomon is going to use, uh, I'm going to call it an analogy. He's going to talk about roads and paths about getting on roads and paths. And I'll give you one example. He talks to a, a teenage, a young guy, a teenager. And he said he got up in the night and he started down a road. And that road ended up at the wrong side of town. And he could hear the woman's voice who was saying, come, be with me. Everybody say the road. Yeah, the road leads to where the road leads. And it's not a respecter of persons, the road. You can get on the wrong road and you're going to end up in the wrong place. And so I, I want to just talk to you about the path, you know, because what road you're on. M- Mamas and daddies, if you've got teenagers here, you're going to love me. Your teenagers are going to hate me after today. Uh, but I, I want to talk to you about the, that principle, about the road. It leads where it leads. It's no respecter of persons. It, it doesn't matter about your intentions. Your intentions may not be to get to the bad place. It's the direction that's the problem. You can have best intentions, and I'll give you an illustration in just a moment of my dear son, William Reisner, when he was a sophomore in high school. But let me show you this passage of Scripture found in the book of Proverbs. The prudent. Everybody say the prudent. Yeah, that's like the wise. They, they see danger, and they take refuge. But the simple... Or the foolish man keeps on, just keeps going and ends up paying the penalty. Just keeps going. And let me tell you about my son, William. Uh, It's probably every parent probably in the room has had this uh, interaction with their child. Uh, It was report card time. He's 10th grade. And he brings in a report card that's got an F on it. Now, I know William. William's capable. He's not, he's, he's not dumb. He's not that the, the, the class is, is, he has the ability. It's just he's not uh, giving everything. I know it. Of course, my mom and I, his mom and I are talking, and, and she's going, you better talk to him. I'm going to kill him. I, I don't know if any of y'all have ever said that about your child. I mean, you know, if you brought them in, you can take them out. You know what I mean? You, you have the right. And uh, so she's like, well, I'm, I'm talk- you, you, you better talk to him because if I talk to him, it ain't going to be good. So we're having the meeting out on the back porch uh, one evening. I said, William, come outside. We're going to talk. We're going to visit. 
And I said, I want to talk to you about your report card. Oh, Dad, I hate science. And then he gave me the line that you and I probably gave to our parents. When am I ever going to use it? How many of you have ever used that line before? It's passed down through generations, that line. When am I ever going to use it? And I didn't really have an answer to that. I don't know that I use science now. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, well, well, son, I know, but you, you've got to pass that class. Dad, I don't even care about it. I mean, it's so boring. And I was like, I, uh, I couldn't really argue with that because I would probably feel the same way. And isn't it amazing how your children end up, you end up seeing yourself in your children? Because when you were their age, you were saying the same stupid stuff. Do you remember that? And, and, and the, Lord, the Lord just gave me some wisdom. I mean, it was like supernatural download. And, and I just said, okay, William, here, let me, let me talk to you. What, what do you want out of life? He goes, what do you mean? Where do you want to be one day? What are you talking about? Where do you want to end up when, when you're my age? Where do you want to be? Well, I don't understand. I said, well, just look around. We have, a, we have a nice home. Nothing extravagant, but it's nice. It's a nice home. Would this be fine with you? If you got to our age and you lived in a home like this, a couple of cars. Your mama has a car and I have a car. Not every family can afford two cars. Would that be okay? We take a vacation every year with the family. You know, that you would have the resources that you would need to be able to go on a nice family. Nothing extravagant, but a decent family vacation every year. Enough money and resources to put a little aside, save for a rainy day. A little bit enough aside to put aside for retirement one day. Would this be okay with you one day? And he said, well, this would be the bare minimum. <laughs> In other words, mom and dad, you are losers. I hope to do way above this. I said, okay, we can work with that. So in your mind, your future, this is the lowest level you would ever be. You would be even better financially with stuff and family than we are. And he said, exactly. And I said, okay, well, let's, let's play out the end and then we'll work our way back. So you're now my age. You've got a home at least this size, probably twice this size, two cars, at least two cars. Y'all take a, at least one family vacation, maybe two family vacations a year. You've got plenty in the bank. And he's like, yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's where we're at at the end. In order for that to happen, you're probably going to have to have a better job than I have. That's right. That's right. That's going to be a pretty good job. I'm not, I don't get paid extravagant, and I don't get paid, we get, I get paid appropriately. Do you know how it is? Do you know how to know if you're paid appropriately? This is free, by the way. If you get paid too much, guess what you worry about? Money. If you get paid too little, guess what you worry about? Money. We get paid exactly what we need to be paid. Not too much that we're worried about money and not too little that we're worried about money. So you're going to want more. In order for you to be paid more, you're going to have to have a really good job. 
That's right. I'm going to have a really good job. In order to have a really good job, you're probably going to have to get a college education. Okay? You're right. I'm, I'm going to get a college education. That's great. In order to get a college education, you have to get into college. Right? In order to get into college, you're going to have to graduate from high school. I'm with you. I'm tracking. In order to graduate from high school, you got to get to the 11th grade. Correct. In order to get to the 11th grade, you got to pass science, brother. Are y'all tracking with me? Are y'all tracking with me? What just happened? He looks at me. This is exact words. I forgot about this earlier service. William looks at me and goes, you're good. (laughs) (laughs) What did I just do? I just helped him understand that it was on the wrong road. That his future, his destination, that he, his intention was right. He had a destination in mind, but the road he was on is no respecter of persons. It leads where it leads, and it's taking him to another destination other than the one that he wanted. All I simply did was help get him back on the right road. There was a reason to pass science. Wasn't because he was ever going to use it again. It's because he wanted to be balling one day. Some of you older people don't know what I just said, but that's okay. That's good. Are you tracking with me? Can y'all put my scripture back up? The prudent see danger, take refuge. But the simple, my simple son was just keep going and one day would pay the penalty for it. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? So I want you to see that every road, every direction has a destination. Every road leads where it leads, and the road you're on, the road William was on, was not going to get him to the destination that he wanted to, need, that he wanted to be. It's called wisdom. And so I want to just help you today and talk about roads. Uh, I so appreciate, I want to give Don credit for this message, because he really inspired me. I want to give William credit, because of his stupidity, also taught, us, taught you how to be wise. And then uh, uh, Pastor Andy Stanley wrote a book called The Principle of the Path. Very great book for every uh, mom and dad to read and young person to read, too, because the road leads where it leads. Everybody thinks they're going to be the exceptions. And, and here's the problem with the proverb. There are exceptions to the Proverbs. There is the exception. I, I, I taught Opelousas this. I said, look, you, if you want to get onto the road, the right road, we were talking about money and finances, you got to put a little away for your retirement one day. That's the right road. If you're going another road and you're buying Louisiana lottery tickets and praying for the right numbers, how many of you know there are going to be some exceptions to that? Somebody is going to win. But it's not a good retirement plan. And so you got to get on the right road. And so I'm, we just want to help you today. Roads uh, are, are, are principle. You'll find them all through Proverbs, the road. And I want to talk to you about something that you'll find on every road around here. We'll just call them guardrails. 
You all appreciate guardrails, don't you? You never pay attention to them. If you live out where we live, if you go to Baton Rouge from my house, I have to take 190. Anybody ever take 190? Yeah, there, there is no median. It's four lanes, two going one way, two going the other way, with just a guardrail in the middle. And so I appreciate it. You ever been across the basin? How many of you appreciate guardrails? You never pay attention to them. And they're always placed just inside of danger. They're not in the danger zone. They're just inside. And I'd like to talk to you about placing some guardrails in your life because Solomon would be very proud of me today after preaching this message. Putting some things in your life to protect you from the danger zone that can direct you, they can protect you. And, and many of you know, I, 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 these new cars that they're making today are really cool too. I don't, I don't have one in any of my car, our cars, but uh, they now have these sensors on cars that when you go to, uh, you get too close to the edge, have you ever, you, how many of y'all have a car that's got a little, a little thing? It buzzes or it vibrates you. I was in a car not too long ago driving in, and, and we were talking, visiting, and then, you know, you accidentally kind of get to the, close to the edge, and it goes, and you go, wow, what just happened? They go, oh, it's just telling you, hey, you idiot, look where you're going, or I love you. That's what it's saying. I love you. And so I hope that today, maybe we could put some things in our life that would just kind of be a buzzer for us. So that when you get close to the side, you'd feel the Holy Spirit going, no, 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 no. Think about it. Most of your biggest regrets, financially, relationally, biggest regrets in your life was because you didn't listen to the There was something there going, this doesn't but you just kept going and, and you didn't have a guardrail. You, you didn't put something in place. Heidi and I have put some guardrails as we were being young and married going, look, what's some guardrails? I, I, I go, look, what about amusement? She goes, I, I don't believe we ought to go see rated R movies. It just hurts my heart. And I said, baby, it's just a little cussing. I mean, you can hear that right down here, down at the, at the crawfish house. You know what I'm saying? I know, but it hurts my heart. And she'll do this. It hurts my heart. I know, baby, but I, I want to see this movie. What's it rated? It's rated R. It, it just got some cussing in it. It hurts my heart. How many of you, that's just, I'm not putting that on you. I'm just saying it's just a guardrail that we put into our life to keep us from the danger that could be on the other side. Finances. Let's put some guardrails. 10% goes to the Lord. That's just a guardrail. Anything else? Purchases. Any major purchase we're going to agree on. Come on, somebody. That's a guardrail. We're just going we're gonna, we're gonna to look at it. We're going to agree we're not going to hit the guardrail without agreeing. It's just a guardrail. This is not legalism. This is legalism is if I put my guardrail on you. I'm just telling you our guardrails. Let's put some guard. I don't counsel. I was asked last Sunday, Pastor Eugene, could I meet you for counseling? It was a female. 
guardrail. I'm sorry, I will not be able to meet with you, but I'll be glad to put a woman with you who could, who could talk with you and visit with you. And you go, golly, Pastor, no, no, it's just a guardrail. Our staff, we tell our staff, hey, we're going to meetings, guys with guys, girls with girls. We don't want a single guy and a single girl staff right together. It's just, I don't ride with another woman in a car by ourselves. It's just a because on the other side of that could be danger. Are y'all tracking with me so far? Okay, good. Y'all ready? Because I want to talk to you because you're going you're to be mad at me after the, uh, from this point on. You're going to say, this is the worst service we've ever had. Heidi was the best. Pastor Eugene was the worst. Okay? I, I want to talk to you about friendships. Friends. Friends are some of the most beautiful things that this earth will bring into your life can be the most, uh, can open up doors for you of some of the most enjoyable seasons of your life or can bring the most pain in your life. And it's about the area of friendships. It's about those that you let into your life. And there are, are it, 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 it's amazing. And I, again, think about some of the greatest regrets you have. Think about, hey, old people like me. Think about when you were young and some of the most stupidest things you've ever done. How many of you have ever done some stupid stuff? All right, good. Come on up here. We'd like to share because I'd love to hear some of this stuff. Most of it was not done alone. <laughs> it was you and your partner. It's like, here, hold my beer. This, this is a better crowd. That 9 o'clock, they were way too holy. This 11 o'clock, we got some rough bunch up in here. Y'all been out at the festival before, hadn't you? Yeah, you, so you, it was, think of it, first time you ever drank a beer, you were with a friend. First time you ever smoked a cigarette or a funny cigarette, you, were, you weren't alone. So you, you, you think about that friendships, how important they are in your life. I saw this the other day. This is so stupid. It was actually a beer commercial on TV. And they said, you know, at the end, Budweiser, whatever it was. I don't even remember what it was. You know, the commercial. They, at the end, it goes, drink responsibly. <laughs> drink responsibly. I don't know. I don't know. I never knew what that meant. I mean, one more is irresponsible. I mean, what, what's responsible? I don't even know. What is it? You don't have to answer. I'm just asking. I love. Well, Pastor, you. Sex, wait till you're ready. Wait till you're ready? What's a guardrail? What's, what, what's something that you could place in your life to go, I'm, I'm going to put something in my life that's going to keep me from the danger zone? I, I, don't, I don't want the, the crash and, 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 the, and the burn. And so I want to talk to you about friends. Remember when you were kids? I'm talking to old people like me. When we were kids, your mama used to say things like, you ain't playing with him. I'm going to go down to Billy's. You ain't going to Billy's house. And you didn't know why? And you, I, I, Billy said, can I spend the night? You ain't spending the night at that house. Uh-uh. No. Not happening. Can Billy spend the night over here? No. <laughs> Ain't letting that kid in our house. 
They, they knew something. The, the, remember that when you were growing up? Could you, could you? Now, parents, it's tougher today. You parents now with younger people in your life, it's tougher today than even when we were raising our kids. Y'all got it tough, but I appreciate some of y'all. y'all, y'all could, some of you mamas could work for the FBI. I'm telling you. You got them track, tracking, you're tracking them. You got stuff, bugs on their car. You got your cameras, GPS systems. Oh, you're all over them. You got to be today. What, what was it that your mama knew, what your mama knew was right? That your friends can determine the very destiny of your life. That your quality of life is going to be determined by those that you circle around you. In fact, Pastor Jacob always says this. He always makes us hold up our hand. Hold up your hand. Hold up five fingers. Tell me, show me your five closest friends and I'll show you your future. Who you surround yourself is going to bring some of the greatest joy in your life or bring some of the greatest heartache in your life. And there's something that makes friendship so wonderful at the very thing, but it's also the very thing that makes it dangerous. Because all of us are craving something. Every one of us. In fact, God made us this way, that there is a craving inside of us that can only be fulfilled in a friendship relationship. And it's called acceptance. To be accepted. Have you ever wondered why your child chose a bad friend? Because they felt accepted. They accept me. Now, this is a message to the church. Look at, everybody look right here. The message to the church. This ought to be the most accepting place in New Iberia. It doesn't matter who you are, where you came from, the junk that's still in your trunk. Love, acceptance, and forgiveness ought to be found in the house of God. Remember, everybody starts on the road somewhere. Are you with me? Doesn't mean you make excuses for sin. All of those things. Listen, this ought to be the most accepting place that you walk in every single Sunday. It ought to be the house of God. They love, they accept. Forgiveness is found there. Are y'all with me? But we crave it. We crave this acceptance. So not only does, did you smoke your first cigarette with a friend, but have you ever noticed anytime anyone gives a testimony of their salvation and their changed life, it usually includes the name of a friend. It was somebody there who loved me, accepted me, reached out to me, pulled me up, lifted me out. And if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have come to know Jesus. And I just want to give all the praise to God and bless my friend. And so I want you to know that the power of friendship. And, and, I, and I, can, I can almost hear somebody. I can hear you saying it right now, Pastor. You, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. But I'm not really letting my friends influence me like that. Okay, everybody look right here. You're missing the point. It's not a choice of whether your friends influence you or not. You don't get to choose that. It's the nature of friendship that friends influence you. You don't get to choose whether they do or they don't. They just are. That's its nature. Are y'all tracking with me? Let me show you. Pastor Don did this last week. Get the podcast. Proverbs 13 and 20. 
walk with the wise and become wise. What's, here's Solomon. He's, he's, he's letting you know. He's giving you the higher probability. If you'll walk with wise people, you yourself will become wise. It doesn't say if you listen to their teachings. No, he's saying if you'll build a relationship with wise people, then wisdom will come to you. You'll catch it. They won't even have to teach it. They'll, you'll just catch it. Anybody track it with me? Can I get a witness? 20 years ago, Heidi and I moved here. I would say something prideful like this. We got a great marriage, baby. We got it going on. Ain't nothing like the real thing, like the real thing, baby. And then we moved here. And then I started hanging around Pastor Jacob and Michelle. And I went, whew. You don't really know how crooked your stick is until you lay a straight one down. And I went, okay, he, he's taking it to a whole nother level. I mean, he loves her, cherishes her, you know, and when we saw some of that and I put some of that into practice and then we got to really live here and hang out with them. I went, okay, all right, he's up in his game and he's tending to her, cherishing her, open the door for her with the car. Some of you need to hear this. Open the door. For her, close it. Baby, is there anything you need? Baby, you need some more coffee. Baby, don't worry about that. I'll get the dishes. You cooked. I'll get it. I'll get it. He washes the dishes every night. And I think to this day, as far as I know. And I went, okay, 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 okay. All right. I got to up my game. I said, baby, did you see that? She goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I did. I was hoping you would notice that. What? Walk with wise, you just, it just falls off on you. We, we, we had dinner the night with some friends. They're financially wise. Okay, I got, Heidi and I need to ask y'all some questions. And we just bombarding them with questions about financing and how, how do you do it? What's the best way? Because you, you realize, wait a minute, the wisest man in the room is not the smartest man in the room. The wisest man in the room has access to more wisdom because of the relationships and friendships that are in his life, in her life, that they can know I can access at any point. I can, I can call Pastor Don and go, hey, can you help me, Don, on this? Because he's an administrative genius. I'm a loose cannon. No, seriously. I'm a loose cannon. But I have wisdom. Because I have friends in my life who have wisdom. Okay, now watch this. It says, walk with the wise and you become wise. But watch what it says. But for a companion of fools suffers harm. Let me tell you what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools will become a fool. It doesn't say, hey, because you're friends with fools, you become a fool. It says, no, no, here's the warning. Walk with wise, you get wisdom. But if you walk with fools, you're going to be injured. There is an injury that is coming. You're at risk of something bad happening to you if you run with fools. Really, I'm not as bad as them. Again, the warning's not that you become a fool. It's that when they do explode, and they will, 
the shrapnel of their lives is going to injure you. Okay. Y'all got a second? I said in the... uh, Do y'all know Dr. John Mahoney? Dr. John? This would be the equivalent of Dr. John Mahoney. If you think of Dr. Well-respected, real deal, man of God, prayer warrior, teach, pillar in the community, that I had to have a visit in the city of Houston where we were pastoring with the Dr. John Mahoney of that congregation who was confessing that he was having an affair on his wife. Okay. Everybody look right here. He didn't wake up one day and say, I'm going to have an affair. He got on. It started with just the girl at the office. Can I visit with you? Can we close the door? I just want to admire you and tell you that you've really changed my life and how amazing you are. And if there's ever any extra help that you need, I just would be... And him untangling that story of going... And then it went from there to I'm going out of town. Oh, I don't mind volunteering for the project. I'll go too. It started with just, we were there in the same city. We we might as well have dinner together. I never intended for it to get here. There were no guard rails. Walk with the wise, you become wise. But if you walk the fool, the companion of fools, ends up suffering the harm. It's going to blow up one day, and you're going to get the shrapnel of it. How do you know if your friend is a fool or one of wisdom? You ready? If you speak and warn them, of what they are doing. Hey, bro, can I talk to you for a second? Man, I saw the way you talked to your wife. Dude, I don't think that's good. If they're wise, they will receive it and love you for it. If they're a fool, they will reject you and cut you out. Listen to me, young person, because you got a friend that you love. And you're sitting there watching them walk down this road. And you're afraid to say something to them. You can say something in love. And if you'll say something to them, if they're wise, they'll love you for it and make the correction. If they don't, they're a fool. They're going to explode one day. And you're going to get the shrapnel from that relationship. Anybody hearing me? Can I get a witness from an older... How do you know this? Because if I could pull up, you know, I'd show you like shrapnel scars from relationships. You're going to get hurt by it. I'm not saying you're a fool. 
I'm saying the friend of the fool. When they do explode, you're going to get hurt by it. And you go, okay, okay, how do you, how do you know? Friends can be dangerous. Friends require guardrails. And, and let me give you you, you, you do need a guardrail so that you'll know, so that you can hear the let me give you let me give you a couple just test let me give you a couple tests ready if your core group of friends aren't moving in the direction that you want to go number two if you catch yourself pretending to be someone other than who you really are when you're around them on Sunday morning your brother so and so but on Friday night, you're playmaker. When, when you feel peer pressure to compromise, something that has not been a temptation becomes a real option for you. Listen to me, teenager. Teenage girl, listen to me. It was never a temptation. Now it's an option. Or how about when you say things like this, I'll go, I just won't participate. Ooh, that hit something, I heard it. Help me out, Isaac. Or, or when you hope that the people that you care about the most don't find out where you've been or who you've been with. Listen to me. That's guardrails. It's just putting something in place. Oh, that group I've been running with. No, no, no. I, I can't go there. I, 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 creating guardrails can be painful. They're not easy. Uh, can I tell y'all? If y'all tell anybody about this, I'm going to tell them y'all are lying. Can y'all handle this? Can y'all handle this up there? Y'all want me to tell it? You want this story? Sure. Okay, good. When I was in high school, I was a part of a band. I was the lead singer in the band. And we started playing, you know, we started as a garage band. And then, then we got one gig, you know, at the senior citizen's home. And we rocked out. And they were like, whoa. But then, you know, somebody was there, like one of the children of the senior citizens home, you know, was like, oh, dude, we got a party. Will y'all do it? You know, that's how it starts. And then you get on the road. You're on this road. And we, we had visions of grandeur one day. Okay, I'm going to tell y'all the name of the band. Don't laugh. Promise you won't laugh. Little E, that was me. Y'all promise you wouldn't laugh. Little E and the Southern Swing. Yeah, we did country, rock, old stuff. And the, the band start, actually started like in second grade because I was always singing, always singing. Oh, my mom, she used to come in at night, 10 o'clock at night, go, Jeannie, shut up, it's bedtime. Because I'd be in bed going, oh, baby, give me one more chance. I'd be singing Motown. And uh, so me and Jeff, Jeff was his name, we were best friends in second grade. And the dude could, he, he just had rhythm. I mean, he, he could play. 
I mean, he, he never had a drum set. He's like, man, I, want, I just want to drum. I want to be a drummer. But he could play. He had a lunchbox, Scooby-Doo. <laughs> On the bus. I would take requests going to school and going home. I'd take requests. And he'd play, and I'd sing. We'd say, one day we're going to have a band. The second grade. He'd play, and we, when, we did. And we were good. We started getting all these gigs and stuff like that. Crazy thing happens. We're playing dance halls, saloons, you name it, parties, school dances, all these things. We're playing them all. And uh, I get saved. I mean, I get like radically saved. Born again. Oh my gosh. I'm a sinner. And I deserve to go to hell. Oh my gosh. And then Jesus would love me enough. He'd love me. I'm not even lovable. He'd love me. Because I'd be telling my parents, science, I ain't going to use it. And man, I just, I got radically saved, just born again. I felt like the weight of the world was off my shoulders. I went, I can't keep walking down that road. That road is going to lead me to a very bad place. I got to put a guardrail. I got to call Jeff. Since second grade, I called him and said, man, would you come, would you stop by my house? Yeah, man, what's up? I said, he'd talk to you. And I, I mean, I, I said, we were in my bedroom. I said, bro, I got to talk to you. What, what's wrong? I just got saved. Oh, that's great, man. It's great. It's great. Dude, I mean, no, I, I got, Jesus has forgiven me. He's in my heart, man. I, I want to live for him. Oh, that, man, I encourage you. That's great. Good for you. Good for you. I know, dude, but here's where I'm going. I can't. Stay in the van. What? No, dude. Little E and the Southern Swing. Y'all promised you wouldn't laugh at that name. We, we, dude, you're the lead singer. I, I, I can't. Now watch Compromise comes in, right? He goes, okay, here's what we're going to do. We'll get some church gigs. We'll start playing in church too. Friday night, we can play. Saturday night, we can play. Then we'll get up early Sunday morning. We'll get down to church. And we'll play in church on Sunday. And I go, I don't think it works like that. <laughs> I, I can't live the double life. I'm going all in, man. He's like, man, I just don't understand, dude. So I love you, man. We've been friends since second grade. It's going to take me a while to get over this. He walked out. I haven't talked to him or seen him till a year ago. One year ago. At a funeral where our lead guitarist and one of the singers from the band had passed away and he was in the audience. And we hugged. And he just said, man, it's cool where your path has taken you, man. I'm proud, proud of you. You didn't get conclusion 
for almost 35 years. Wasn't that his way was wrong. It's just our paths were taking two different directions. He was on his and I was on mine. The Lord has made up for those relationships a hundred times over. I have not been without. Look at me. And neither will you. Neither will you. You go past you. So here's how you know. Because some of you are thinking about a relationship right now. You're thinking about it. Here's the question I want to ask you. If you could have that bedroom conversation with them and there would be no pain, none, would you have it with them? And if the answer is yes, then you need to have it with them. Because there's going to be pain somewhere because the companion of a fool will suffer the harm. You're going to have pain now or later. But the pain is coming. It's just a guardrail. It's just a guardrail. The road leads where the road leads. And your intentions will not change that destination. I've seen it happen a hundred times in church. Somebody get born again, saved, but still keeping one hand out there and watching who could pull the other closer. And 99 times out of a hundred, there's the exception. It ends in pulling people away. If you'll take the path that you know you're supposed to take one day, you will be strong enough and they will call you. And when they do, you'll be strong enough to pull them and lead them where they need to be. Amen. Y'all receive this. Y'all receive this word. So, Father, today, Holy Spirit, I pray that every, every ear here hears you. Not me. You. You're, you're bringing people to our minds. And, Holy Spirit, you can speak. Just ask him. I mean, just... Holy Spirit, what are you saying? And Father, that your people will hear this warning. And it's really just a warning. It's one of those warnings that says, bridge out ahead. And I pray, Father, I know I'm not the first one to warn them. For, for some in the room, they've been warned many times. They've seen the signs, but they thought they were going to be the exception that maybe today is the warning sign that is needed, Father, to put the guardrail in place. So I pray for courage. I pray for the words. This is not a judgment. We're not judging our friend. We're just recognizing that our paths are going two different directions and that, Lord, we must put that guardrail in place. Give them courage. Give them wisdom. Give them words to say as they, too, have a courageous conversation. Pain now instead of pain later. Father, that's my prayer for them today in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to tell you that Jesus loves you. There is a friend that sticks closer than a brother.
His name is Jesus. He loves you. He's not mad at you. He will never leave you, and he will never forsake you. He is the friend that you've been looking for. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm telling you, he'll forgive you of everything you've ever done in your life. He'll take that thing off of you, the burden of the guilt and the shame that you've carried all these years. He'll wipe it clean. He'll throw it in the sea of forgetfulness and remember it no more. He'll never use it against you. He's here today. Jesus said you can't see this kingdom or enter this kingdom. You can't see this path or get on this path until you've been born again. You go, Pastor Eugene, how can I start a relationship like that? It's as easy as A, B, C. A, admit that you're a sinner. It always begins there, admitting where you are. You can't get to where you want to go until you know where you're at. Admitting it. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. B, believe that Jesus came. This friend came to die for you. he's He's already proven his commitment to us by giving his life for us to take away our guilt, our sin, and our shame. And then see, confess him as Lord and Savior. That's your commitment back to him, to follow him. If that's you today and you're ready today to be born again, I want to pray with you and for you. All I ask today, with every head bowed and eye closed, would you just say, lift your hand up and say, that's me today. I'm ready to be born again today. Would you hold your hand up high right now all over this room? Just hold it up high. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hands. Congregation, can we add our voice to theirs? Let's pray this together. Mean it by faith. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go, and that you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, purpose on earth, and a relationship with the Father. So today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. Jesus is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper, and heaven is my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God all the praise for that?